Mixness, the podcast where bad bitches read romance. I'm Jess. And I'm Kat. And today we'll be discussing Slam Dunked by Love by Jamie Wesley. But before we get into the book, we'd like to remind you to rate and subscribe on your preferred podcast platform and follow us on social media. You can find us at the PHXNest Pod on Instagram and PHX Pod on Twitter. You can also email us at the Phoenix Nest Pod at gmail.com. The links to our social media can be found in the description along with a link to our Goodreads and our favorite independent bookstore here in Tucson, mostly books. Let's talk about this book. Uh, we want to start by saying that we understand we chose books based on a theme for the month. Mm-hmm. We did not choose them because we're like, oh, they have the highest ratings or whatever. We literally, like, read through some descriptions and we're like, that sounds good, that sounds good. And, um, you know, judging a book by its cover. Sometimes is sometimes wrong. is wrong and sometimes is right. So we're going to talk about that today, but I am going to start with the blurb. Here we go. Kayla Monroe is ready to confront her past. Years ago, her father ditched her mother for the NBA, leaving her pregnant and alone. Now he's a big shot coach, and Kaylin's ready to take the so-called family man down. But on her way to the team gala, her car dies, and it's her father's sexy new star player who comes to her rescue. Brady Hudson wants nothing more than to put his past behind him and concentrate on winning the championship for his new team. But when he finds himself the recipient of unwanted attention, attention that could destroy his career, he introduces the beautiful woman he saved on the side of the road as his girlfriend. Kaylin isn't about to date an athlete whose career is riding on her father, but he is a convenient way to get the dirt she needs. Only Brady isn't at all like she thought, and it's not long before their pretend relationship becomes a liability neither can resist. Okay, so based on that description, mm-hmm. I was ready for this book. Okay. I was like, okay, a little bit of, like, family drama, a little bit of, like, I don't know. Get, the getting revenge thing, I think, can be entertaining depending on what it is. A fake dating trope. We like that. We love a fake dating trope. Um, we like someone who is a bit of, like, a scarred individual. Mm-hmm. Like, they need to learn from their past type thing. That would be Brady in this. So it, had, it, hit, some, it hit some boxes for us. It, it ticks some boxes in the description. Right. And then it didn't actually commit to ticking those boxes throughout the book. It was really, really hit or miss. Yeah. Um, we're going to start. You read this on, on your Kindle. I did. And I read the physical, like, paperback Which copy. I, I thought that I had texted you to tell you that the Kindle copy was, like, 3 or $4 or something. Because it was Probably. really dirt cheap. But I think you went ahead and ordered it for whatever reason. I like physical books. I mean, that's fair. I also often have to fight with my Kindle for some reason. Which is so strange. Like, it doesn't like for me to download things. Um, and then I'm like, okay, well, I'll just use the Kindle app on my phone. And that doesn't let me download things. And I don't know why. Uh, Jeff Bezos is the devil. That's probably why. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Probably. <laughs> Fuck Bezos. Um, so, but anyways, the delightful cover <laughs> is something that you missed out on because you had a digital copy. Yeah, and it was just a black and white because I don't have, like, a fancy Kindle. I just have... Like the... I have a paperweight. Paper yeah. I love it. I will say that. Sorry, Trisha, at Mostly Books. I don't, do, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. But... So, when I got here today, I was like, look at this cover. Like, it's been bugging me. Okay. First off. reason, I, I feel like I always have something with cover art. <laughs> and I, I'm not even sorry. To be fair. To be fair. This cover art is grainy and kind of blurry. Like, it's out of focus. There's not a basketball on it. She's eating an apple, and she has something in her tooth. Yeah. It's very strange. And I don't... They don't match really the descriptions. Do. Like, nothing about this cover says slam dunked by love to me. Like, she's wearing some drawstring pants and a green t-shirt, and he's wearing, like, a blue t-shirt, but he's supposed to be a star basketball player. Um, their heights are the same on the cover, and there there's at least a foot difference between them in the book. There is a full foot. So she is 5'2". There's not... I don't know. It just, it doesn't make sense. And we're, like, 
we like a good cover and we have a lot to say usually about covers that have actual people on them because we don't see them very often right now. This is actual people and we don't like it. And I also want you guys to know that Kat's copy is a first edition from December of 2015. So how long has that publishing house been holding on to these copies? I don't know. But they're probably like, yes, get rid of it. Send um, it out now. But yeah, just the cover art, like, we talk a lot about, we don't care whether it's, like, a cartoon or a clearly edited photo or, like, the old style, like, 80s and 90s versions of covers. We don't care which it is, as long as it kind of goes with the book. Yeah. And the only thing, this is going to sound awful, but the only thing that matched the book was that both characters on the cover are black. Which, let's also talk about how we don't see two black characters, two black people on covers for anything, ever. Yeah, that's pretty rare. Well, recently it's gotten a little bit better, the representation has. Yeah. Um, but it's still rare to see that on the cover of mm-hmm. a book, which is, I think, very strange. Our last book did. Yeah. Yeah. But, but um, that was also because it was a Beverly Jenkins. Yeah. And that's a little bit different. And can I just say, just a little side spiel, that um, I watched the Beverly Jenkins um panel for the Tucson Festival of Books. Yeah. And now I feel like I need to read everything she's ever written, ever. Wow. I She just, she was great. That's so, so cool. I know. Good. And that's always fun to find out that, like, people are just as good as we want them to be. Like, I feel like that's really important. I do have to say, I never want to meet my idols ever again. <laughs> Even if it is on a video camera. <laughs> I think you have to get over that. I think I do, too. enjoy it. It was difficult, but it was fine. Okay, so this book had a lot of things, and one of the main things that I felt kind of set it apart was the fake dating, because it was related to revenge. And usually fake dating is usually kind of, I don't know, in our in the reviews we've done, it's more like rescuing one another from something. Oh my god, please help me, my mom is trying to make me date this guy I don't know, and I don't want to, and oh hey, yeah, perfect, like I arranged to- marriage stuff. Yeah, I need you to go to a wedding with me, and it'd just be easier to explain you as my girlfriend or whatever. Right, yeah. 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 And, um, so throwing in the, like, plot twist of, of needing to get revenge, um, is kind of... It's kind of something that would kind of be a draw because it's a little bit different, right? It's something new that we haven't seen in a lot of the stuff that we've been reading. Um, we don't look for revenge plots, like, to be fair. Because I don't really like revenge plots because, as we're going to see, they don't always get done well. Yeah. So, okay. So we're going to start with just trying to explain how this comes about. So, <laughs> so just like in the blurb, we meet our main character, we meet our protagonist, our, our heroine, Caitlin Monroe. And she talks about how she had a hard time growing up because her mom didn't have a lot of money. And then she is, like, cleaning out her mom's closet and finds this letter from her dad, her biological father. And it's basically, like, telling her, like, hey, do whatever you got to do. I am not ready to be a father. I'm going to go into the NBA and blah, blah, blah. And I'm going to be a star and it's going to be great. You're on your own. Bye. Yeah. Which is, first of all, still rude. Oh, and he gave her $5,000. Like, still rude. But, like, we find out why later. Like, why it was such a pitiful amount, why he never reached out again. Yeah. And so, Caitlin, instead of talking to her mom like a normal person does, <laughs> decides that she's super pissed off and is going to keep this to herself, first of all. She doesn't tell her twin brother. And she's got so much anger inside because she didn't talk to anybody. Yeah. And so, she, like, builds herself up and she's like, I'm going to crash this party. I'm going to confront him. And, like, first of all, that's never a good plan. Like, if your gut instinct is to confront someone, that's probably a bad idea. Well, not only that, but it was kind of like a half-cocked idea, because by the time she actually gets to meeting him, she realizes, oh, shit, now I can't say anything because I've got this big dude next to me. Now what do I do? Yeah. And so her plan gets foiled, and it happens continually throughout the story, but there's never really any, like... and Okay, so we all think that she doesn't even want to get really good revenge if that makes sense like she wants to expose him as an asshole and she keeps trying to find reasons for him to be an asshole this entire time so she fake dates brady in the hopes to get some dirt on her father and it turns out he's just a genuinely really good dude like he he had some grown up to do he did it 
and he's a good family man now, and he's married with kids in college and all that stuff. Yeah. And she's just, like, holding on to this bitterness, which, okay, to be fair, if you found out that you had a dad who left you, you have every right to be upset. A hundred percent. But, like, her plan keeps getting really messed up, and then she it, she makes it worse and worse and worse. And her best friend is, like, a therapist. Uh, and has her own talk radio show thing. And then she's like, I didn't tell you because I thought you told me I was being crazy and it was unhealthy. And her friend's like, yeah. She's like, well, yeah, because it is. Like, <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, but anyways, so on the way to this gala, 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 whatever, she, her car breaks down because it's a hunk of junk. And Brady Hudson, who happens to be the brand new star player of her bio dad's team, the Stampede, which is not a real team. No. Um, but they play against real teams. Which is confusing. It's like, oh, we're going to go play against the Knicks. Like, but why didn't you go with the Houston Rockets? That's a real team. <laughs> because they were in Dallas, Houston, San Antonio. Where were they? They were in Dallas. <laughs> Some arbitrary Texas town. It was very strange. Anyways, so Brady Hudson is now escorting her to this gala, and then she it kind of loses steam, right? This plan is just not going to work. No. Because now they have to fake date. Because of Brady's situation. Whatever. So, but we keep expecting her to, like, do something. And all she does is, like, write an angry diary-style article about for how a, terrible her bio dad is. For whatever the Texas version of TMC, TMZ is. And then she doesn't even do anything with it. She doesn't tell Brady that any of this is going on. They get down to the dirty in her kitchen at one point. And then she's like, yeah, this thing that I need you to do is on the desk, which is a disaster. And he picks it up and realizes, oh, shit, what is this? Reads this horrible diary-style letter to this this stupid website and is like, what the fuck is this? And she's like, I can explain. But she doesn't have a good reason to explain. She has no good excuse. he doesn't let her. No, he doesn't let her. He just, like, gets pissed and leaves, which is one of the things I hate in our realm of romance novels. Just... Talk Hate to it. each other. Communicate, please. Don't just leave. You've got shit to say. And then they're both sad because they were falling for each other. And th- she talks to her dad and is like, I'm your child. You have twins. And he's like, oh, shit. I thought she got an abortion and she didn't. Whatever. It- Which I can kind of see why he would think that if he gave her money mm-hmm. and then she never contacted him again. Yeah. You would assume that that's what happened because his worry was that she was going to... Caitlin's mom was going to trap him into a marriage or something, and he felt like he was too young and too awesome and whatever to settle down. He didn't want that. Yeah. So, like, okay. So, like, we get it. Irresponsible, not very thoughtful. He was young and stupid. But, like, well, I I don't know. It was also her mom's choice. Yeah. You know, so, like, I don't know. But, so we keep having opportunities, like, for her to, A, tell him. Like, when they're baking German chocolate cake together in the because kitchen. Because he fucked it up. And he's like, how much he loves baking, but he can't bake a German chocolate... I'm sorry. Cho- it's chocolate cake with weird pecan, coconut, caramel shit in the middle. Gross. It's... Well, it's not gross, but, like... I don't like that. <laughs> if he couldn't bake just a cake, why was he trying to bake that? Because that's not even... Like, you don't bake it with the... Goopy stuff in the He middle. was trying to do it from scratch. Yeah, he was trying to do it from scratch, and I'm like, why don't you just go pick up a Duncan Hines, man? I don't know. Do it, do it like the rest of us. But so she she has opportunities to tell him, first of all, like, hey, by the way, I think I'm your daughter. She has that opportunity multiple times because yeah. she's with him and Brady, like, throughout this book in very small group settings. Yeah. She also has the opportunity to pick up more dirt on him than she ever gets. Mm-hmm. She asks him very pointed questions, and instead of, like, then continuing her line of questioning, she just gets really mad and then has to, like, run away. I'm like, that's also a sign that maybe revenge isn't your thing. Maybe it's not your deal. Well, maybe that's also a sign that you have a half-cocked idea and you haven't fully thought it through. Also, who prints out their angry diary <laughs> article? <laughs> who does that? Um... Weirdos. And how do you forget that it's just on top of your messy-ass desk? If you have a messy-ass desk, you know it's there. That's just like, out in the open. It was a weird plot device in that situation. 
It just didn't, didn't. It didn't make sense. No, it just didn't work. And the entire time she's talking about how she doesn't want, you know, she she likes Brady as a person, and that's about it. But he's got all these problems, and that's fine. But he's falling for her, and all these things. So my question to you is: This is a story of a woman who is essentially she is a secret baby, right? If you think about it, we've never read a secret baby, like an actual secret baby. Um. No, not really. I'm trying to think, because I feel like they're... We've been podcasting for two years Yeah, just now. about two years now. Um, there's oh my just God. not a lot of secret baby things out there that we seem to run into. Like, other tropes we run into continually. Mm-hmm. I think secret baby was probably bigger back in the day. Probably. it's very, um... What is it called? It's very soap opera. I have a tangent. I know you do. Um, this is going to come out on, what day is that? The 11th? Yes. We will officially have been podcasting for two years on the 10th. Ooh, nice. So happy second anniversary to doing this. What a weird way to celebrate. Yeah. Strange. The book we didn't really like. Sorry. Cool. So, um, (laughs) back to my, back to my original question. Have you ever been in a situation where you had a secret family member? Um, in my family? Uh-huh. I mean, we have a bunch of secret family members because my grandmother is one of, like, 19 kids, and we don't know most of them. That is insane. 19 yeah. kids? Yeah. Um, so, usually when people look like me or my dad, it's because we're probably related to them. How weird. Yeah. So, I met some of them for the first time, um, like... I think I was in, like, high school, mm-hmm. and they some of them were hella old, like, old, and some of them were very, like, tall. Um, <laughs> they always used to joke that my great-grandma kind of got around because she really liked the Asian men. Apparently, that's true if you've got 19 kids, and only one set of twins, which is weird. Wow. Isn't that strange? And oh. my grandma and her sister. How strange. So, I only know, like, three or four of my dad's aunts, mm-hmm. and then, of course, my grandma, um, but then there's a ton more of them that we just never have met or spoken to or even seen in some cases. Wow. So, so, so yeah, I mean, not direct, like, immediate family bloodlines, not like <laughs> you. Yeah. Um, but still, like, we're floating out there. Um, I found out my junior year of high school that I have an older brother, which is weird mm-hmm. um, when you come home and your dad's like, hey, we're going to have more money. And I'm like, cool, you got a raise. And he's like, no, I'm not paying child support. And I'm going, you don't pay child support. <laughs> like, you didn't mention that before. I was like, what are you talking about, child support? And he's like, yeah, you've got a brother. I'm like, no, I don't. And then he pulls out this photo of this guy and is like, this is your brother. And I start laughing because my dad had said the entire time, he's like, I don't know that he's mine. I had to pull out my dad's senior yearbook and put the picture of my brother next to it and be like, are you stupid? This is a direct clone. You're like, uh, did you look in a mirror ever? It's like, dad, this is your, this is your child. Um, I met him after graduation. I had talked to him at like right before my, gra- I graduated high school. I learned in my junior year. So it was a while we had to like track him down because no one knew where he was. Um, and we knew he was in Oregon and that was it. So yeah. we track him down. I met him for the first time after my niece was born. So, yeah, I think my niece was only like a year old or so when I met him mm-hmm. for the first time. Right. And then he didn't meet my dad until a month before my dad passed away. Which I think is crazy. Yeah. Because we definitely all went to sushi. Yeah. 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 I forgot Somewhere. about that. Yeah. I totally forgot that that was a thing. Yeah, it's it, a very big group of us, too. And I was like, are you sure you want to do this? Like, <laughs> yeah, so a lot of people to throw at someone who's a stranger to you. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, um, I threw my sister at you guys, and then I felt terrible for having done so. I was, like, one of the last people to meet your sister, which is weird, because we're, like, the same age and went to the same school for a little bit. Yeah. I had no idea who she was at all. I think it's funny. 
And I also think it like my mom thinks it's hysterical that my sister and I never got along as kids because of our age gap. And then you are one of my best friends who is literally the same age as my sister. <laughs> She's like, what? And I'm like, it's, yeah, it's a little weird. I don't know. But, but yeah, so I guess it's, it's kind of common. I know that like growing up, my mom knew someone whose um, quote unquote older sister was actually her mother and her quote-unquote, parents were actually her grandparents. Isn't that, like, Jack Nicholson's story? I don't know. I feel like that's, like, yeah. I don't know. Weird but, but that's shit. sometimes what happens when, like, teen pregnancies happen. Yeah. And they're like, we don't want to, like, make you give your baby up for adoption, but you're very, like, young and you can't take care of it, so we're going to adopt your baby. Like, whatever. I think, but, I think the secret family member is the only part of this book that felt believable to me. Okay. But I think that's, that's weird. But yeah, right? But I think it's because I did have a secret family member for so long. Yeah. And now, like, I've got two nephews. I've got a sister-in-law who's yeah. a teacher. She's pretty great. And I, talk to my, I don't talk to my brother as often as I used to. Yeah. Because 2021 is difficult. <laughs> Just yeah, haven't done and, it. And I think that maybe because of the other aspects of this book that were a little out of this world unbelievable from a celebrity viewpoint. Maybe that's why this was the more believable plot point. Um, but I think we've talked about this before, that a lot of celebrity things are difficult for us to relate to because we know they exist. Yeah. Right? We know that like famous people clearly exist and they're famous and they get treated different and blah, blah, blah. But like for the purposes of this story, our celebrity is going through like this whole deal where there's a misunderstanding on his former team, which is the New York Knicks. Mm-hmm. And so he gets traded as a result from it. But when they do, like, the flashback thing, it's very clear that his coach is, like, just looking for a reason to get rid of him. Yeah. And it happens to be, like, well, you got in a fight with your team and you punched him. And there's, like, so much more to it. And so he's, like, got something to prove. Um, he... <sighs> he's really cocky, despite having been traded for being a cocky asshole. And it's weird because he isn't truly cocky. No. It's, it's like this whole friend that he puts up, which is really frustrating, that he very, very slowly lets down for people. Mm-hmm. And he, like, refuses to be, he calls it bosom buddies, which is a really old school term. It's not weird. <laughs> it felt weird. But then I, you have to remember, your first edition was published in 2015. Yeah, it's a little weird. It's a little weird. Um, but, like, he refuses to, to like, open up to his teammates, which is, like, kind of a big deal. Because you have to get along with your teammates to be able to play a, literally a any sport. sport. That's like a team sport. You have to know your teammates well enough to be able to trust them in the game. Yeah. And so he is, like, having this internal battle while he's fake dating and trying not to get himself in trouble. And then he ends up kind of getting in trouble, and then instead of standing up for himself, he's just like, well, if you think I did something wrong, why don't you just trade me? And I'm like, wow, you're 12. Like, he that's was, how my students act. He was okay. so cranky. He did feel like a 12-year-old uh-huh. in that moment. I'm like, why, do, there were, why are we doing this? There were some times. It just didn't... It, there wasn't a lot about it that felt believable outside of the, the secret family member. I... I mean... I think maybe the parental approval part of it felt a little believable because, like, Caitlin's whole thing is, I'm, I'm the fuck up. Uh-huh. Um, my brother is the perfect one, and I'm the fuck up. My mom is a genius. She's a lawyer. She's doing great. I dated a pro uh, pro footballer. Is yeah. Pro footballer. Football player. And comes to find out that he was married and the... First of all. First. He's first a pro football player and you didn't Do you him? not have friends? <laughs> Do you not have friends? Because it doesn't matter that he's second string. It doesn't matter. I know for a fact if I said to my friends or my sister, my sister, my lovely <laughs> little spy sister, if I was like, yo, I'm gonna, I'm dating a football player, she'd be like, for what team? Oh, I can hear her fingers flying across her phone's keyboard right now. And then, you know, that she would turn her phone to this guy? While we're in the garage yeah. smoking hookah. It she would have everything. Yeah. And then she'd be like, oh, did she know he's divorced? Did she know? Like, it would be that kind of show. Like, her saying, like, oh, I just believed everything he said. I was dumb and called. Listen, bitch. You can't do that to yourself. So, yeah. like, the whole story is, like, she finds out he's married. And then is the result of his affair with her 
is that he gets divorced and she blames herself. Like, well, no. not only that, but the wife tried to sue her, which doesn't make home sense. Wrecker, and her mom is got that her out of it. Somewhere? I don't think it is. I know I think you can take your your husband to court and get a ton of money out of him for that. Yeah, but I don't think you can do anything to the person they cheated with. No, that's just the person. They're no. also a victim in the game. But it just it's just bad. So it's she's bad. she's got all these internal struggles with trying to prove to her mom that she's a better person than what she's shown so herself she, to be. She can be trustworthy and like works hard and is happy with her life and all that stuff. Yeah. It's exhausting and it's also very misconstrued because we find out at the end. The mom's like, I've always been so proud of you. And you're just but like, the mom's kind of mean. The mom is hella rude when she meets Brady for the first time. I'm like, ooh. But then we also have to talk about Brady's parents because yeah. he got famous. His parents only saw him as a meal ticket. He was um, just someone who was very generous from the get-go. Mm-hmm. And then his parents got really greedy. Yeah. And that's – okay, so that is something to talk about, too, because in the media – and we're talking specifically athletes, right? Mm-hmm. You're either lifted up on a pedestal where you can do no wrong, mm-hmm. which would be like the Tim Tebow, Tom Brady thing. Ugh. Both of those people are weird. <laughs> they and are. have done strange things. <laughs> right? Yeah. But they're like untouchable for some reason. Oh, bummer. You got a little fine. Like, don't do that or whatever it is, right? Yeah. But they're like, they love God and all this stuff. Whatever. It's because they love God. Then everyone's like, is you're playing the, the American sport. Ugh, I thought that was baseball. <laughs> but, um. <laughs> I mean, if you think about it, all of the sports are considered the American sport. The American pastime. So, Okay, so then you have people who are just, they can never do anything right in the media. Mm-hmm. They're the ones that get caught and they're like drunk as shit, or they're like leaving with two women from a bar, like whatever. <sighs> and it's always just like these photos that like TMZ will upload uh-huh. and they have some weird story and they're like, oh my god, shock value, whatever. And he's kind of facing the results of that. And it's bad because we do see a lot of like, if you pay attention to even local sports, mm-hmm. a lot of the guys that went pro from football and basketball here in our little college town, they do things like buy cars for their parents or houses or, you know, some kind of big grand gesture because they get signed for millions. They can finally give back to their parents who gave them everything. And that's awesome. And so he's doing that too. Brady's well, doing he that. Paid off, he paid off their house and then they were like, great, thanks. We need a bigger house. You don't want to be embarrassed because we have a small house or whatever. I'd be like, don't you like, want to be the ones who don't have to clean that? Like, I don't want a big house that I have to clean. Plus so that. it's just, it's... It's something where neither of them have the parental approval that they want, and it makes them feel like shit on the inside. And it's but I think it's though, a mess. The the difference between them though is that Brady realizes that his parents are shitty, and he pushes them away. He right. doesn't really want a lot to do with them. He calls them maybe once a month just to check in and make sure no one's dead. And yeah. every time they have the conversation to you know see how they're doing, he tries, but they always ask him for money. Oh, we need X amount for this, or we need that, and he ends the conversation. Yeah. Whereas Caitlin appears to live her life to do nothing but make her mother proud because she thinks her mother does not is not happy with her. So I think that's the difference between the two of them is that he's okay with where his parents are at, and he's like, yeah, they're shitty. I just don't talk to him as often. And, yeah. and Caitlin's like, I need my mother to make sh- to, to love me and be proud of me. And Caitlin, like, seems to take it a step too far a lot of the time. Yeah. And it may- I think maybe that's part of the reason that she is in, like, weird relationships. Like, she doesn't talk about anyone other than that football player that she's dated. And then she starts dating Brady. And literally, it's like a three-week thing. Yeah. From start to finish. And, and then, like, it jumps to, like, the A year finals. later or whatever. Well, the, not the even season's a, over. Yeah. And so it's like, okay, we, we read some quick romances, right? Yeah. But they're literally feeling the love, like, two weeks in. Or at least that's what it, it's portrayed as. It could be longer, and it's just not a great timeline, and we're not well, aware. Okay. We have read books where they have confessed their love for each other quickly, like, but the timeline is, like, a month or two. Yeah, and it very clearly, like, pulls you through 
the times. Yeah. Like, their signs and things. The only sign of anything that they have is... Um, their games. The games. And some of them, for some reason, are stacked. Like, they're like, well, today we're playing the Knicks and tomorrow we're playing the whatever... I don't remember. I didn't even pay attention to most of these. I don't remember who they said, because it wasn't someone. And then there's, like, a part where he's in Wisconsin. Was he in Wisconsin or was he in Kansas? I don't even know where he was. They traveled a lot, Mm -hmm. and she didn't go on the traveling games. No. Um, But, like, if that's only that, like, football season... Or football. Oh, my God. Basketball. We don't even know what sport this is. Basketball season... It's not like it's super, super long. No. Because if you think about it, it doesn't overlap with, like, anything else. You know what I mean? So, like... No, it doesn't, does it? Not really. I mean, I think football season's the longest season for sports. Football feels like it's four. Because ever. we're playing football when there's Thanksgiving, and then we're playing football in, like, February. That's when it ends. So, it's just... And, like, Basket- when we do, when we do like, Fantasy League, it starts in, like, September at work. Oh. So, I mean, my point is, it's very fast, and they both say they love each other. It's, like, he says it first. Yeah. Which is interesting and fine. Because, well, how many times do we have the men say I love you first and confess their feelings? Not often. Well, and he confessed it because he wanted to, and he, like, blurted it out. Mm-hmm. Whereas in other books, when men confess it, it's because they're trying to convince the women to stay with them. Ugh. Gross. Which is Gross. Or because they're fucking. Mm-hmm. Which this, I don't think it wasn't during their sexy time, because that wasn't real until later. But he said it after they had sex. No, I think it was when they were, like, gonna... Okay, so this is the other thing that messed me up. Sometimes they call each other, and sometimes they FaceTime each other, and sometimes those calls all sound alike. <laughs> because she's constantly same. telling him what to do, uh-huh. and he's constantly being like, I don't want to go hang out with my teammates or whatever, right? Which is fine. But I think that confuses me in the timeline, because he definitely says it during a phone call. Is it when they have the FaceTime phone sex? No, I think it's a time before that. When she's, she's like, baking. Okay. And you can see her nipples or something. Is that when they have this sex in her kitchen and he just bends her over the counter? No, no, no. Which doesn't make sense because she is 5'2 and he is 6'4. And the sizing doesn't make sense. Did he pick her up? That's the only thing I can think of. He would have to. I know he lifted her onto the counter at one point. Mm-hmm. Anyways, so our point is he says it. She, he's like, you don't have to say it back, which is the proper thing to say to someone if you blurt out I love you because that's what happened to him. I feel like you need to have more conversation before you can just say I love you. Does that make sense? Am I just... No, I think you're right. Like, especially because they had just figured out that they weren't going to be fake dating anymore. Mm-hmm. And then suddenly he was like, I love you. I'm looking up right now. Oh, good. But, um, he just... I don't know. I think maybe it was a necessary part of the timeline to continue the story, though. Yeah. Because the... So it was very confusing because they often almost had sex and then would stop. Like, something would happen. Usually it was a phone call. Or her mother. Or something. Or we had a weird, um, a dream sequence where Caitlin was dreaming she was having sex with him or something. Mm-hmm. Um, so they don't actually have the sex until, like, the second half of the book, which is not a big deal. We've had a lot of books like that. We're okay with that. Um, but the first time they have the sex is in her kitchen, and it's very hard to follow. Do you see now why I get hung up on the sex scenes okay, where you can't follow? All the sex scenes are written like this one. But, like, at, some, at one point, she's being bent over the counter, but he's not actually fucking her while she's bent over the counter. Then she's on the counter and topless, and there's chocolate on her tits. And there was no scene where, like, they made that happen. Like, at first I thought it was from behind, and then it was not from behind, and then it was from behind again. It was... A lot. And not very well done. 
Yeah, I think that's the problem. Like, I don't care that's in the kitchen or, like, that they're eating chocolate off each other or whatever. But, like, it was hard to follow. Um, oh, my God. I literally just looked up the I love you part, and I'm going through their 96 results for I love, love, the word love, some iteration in this book. But I just got to the part on page 153 where he's like, I love chocolate. And I'm like, ooh. Did he spit on her after eating the chocolate? Spit is not lube. And if he did, she's got sugars all up in her vajay, and she needs to go clean that out before she gets a UTI or a yeast infection. Yeah, I don't remember that part. I think I skimmed. Which is too bad, because usually if it's a good sex scene, you want to read it again. Mm-hmm. And this time I was just like, I don't get it. And then they're, like, cuddling on the couch. Mm-hmm. But with a significant lack in chemistry because she gets all weird and like won't look him in the eyes and stuff and their chemistry was really hit or miss because I feel like she um she was better when she was trying to put on a show one page 178 is where he says I love you okay okay so it was after they had the sex yes so she had been laughing and he says I love you the words clip the words slipped out before he could stop them. He didn't want to anyway. And then she's like, I'm sorry, what did you just fucking say? And he's like, I love you, I said what I said, I love you. You're everything I've been looking for, and blah blah blah. You know, cheesy romance reasons. It's okay, so part of the problem I have with this is that you don't see them interact a whole lot on a very personal level. Like there's no it, intimacy in dating or It was after they had sex. Okay. But it was like when they had sex in the room, and then he got up to be a gentleman and go clean up. That's weird. Yeah, because yeah. she made a comment about his ass. I don't. Okay. Watching men's asses are weird. I'm not a fan of that. I'm also not generally a fan. I think of men's asses sex. that I've seen. I don't. I'm not really into sex with men, so there's the other thing. <laughs> but okay, so at least he told her when they had figured out that they weren't going to date for the media attention. Mm-hmm. Because I feel like some in other books that we've read that have similar plot lines, um, like, they get really confusing because one person is, like, clearly in love with the other person, mm-hmm. and then they're saying it because they're in the media, and then it's not real, and then it's all a questioning thing. Um, but in this case, I guess not? I don't know. I have a hard time... So... Their relationship goes from fake to real very quickly. Yeah. And when it becomes real, it also becomes very physical very quickly. And so when he's like, I'm bored, I miss your face, I blah, blah, blah. Like, her response that, like, second time when he's in, I think, I think it's Wisconsin. (laughs) Wherever it's at. Wherever he is. And he's like, I don't want to go out or whatever. Her response is to then masturbate for him on screen. She does it over FaceTime. And first of all... That is an abuse of FaceTime. Okay, they're texting. Mm -hmm. And she goes, let me get my computer. Do you have your iPad? We can FaceTime. And I was like, but weren't they both on their iPhones? You can FaceTime. In 2015? On your phone. In 2015, you could FaceTime, right? I'm not crazy. I FaceTime every Sunday, too. Okay, but why... Why did we need to switch the technologies? To get larger screens? I don't know. I Big screen vagina? I'm not I don't know. so into the idea of that. And I don't think it's because... You know, I don't really know what it is. I just don't feel like FaceTime sex sounds like a good time to me. Oh, that means you're seeing everything that's actually happening. At least with phone sex, you can pretend you're doing it. And not actually have to do I don't it. like the idea of video of something that I don't want to be video. Yeah. Does that make sense? Like, there is no good angle that I could get on myself, and I don't think anyone could get a good angle on themselves if I was watching. Nope. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, because how are you doing this? Because it didn't really describe how she was doing things other than she was on the bed. Mm-hmm. But then, like, there's a whole lot of, like, spread your leg stuff, which implies that she's laying down, whatever. But, I don't know. Just, it was uncomfortable. I'm not a phone sex person. 
I think I've done that maybe once in my life. I don't play pretend. I've never played pretend. And something about phone sex is pretend to me. And it feels weird. <laughs> I understand, like, if, okay, so, like, I know people do this when they're apart for a long time. Mm-hmm. Or, like, whatever the reason is. I get that. And, hey, you do you, especially if you don't want to record something and send it to someone. Yeah. That's safer, right? Because, I don't know. Or it feels like a favorite. I don't know who really is. I mean, what is he going to do? Screen grab the entire thing? You have to actively hit that record to screen grab while you're in the middle of that. Yeah, no, that would be bad. But, like, I just don't think... I just don't like it. I don't know. It was one of the things I didn't think was necessary. But we need to talk about because we don't ever see that. No, we don't. We don't really see phone sex. We don't really see on-screen sex. We've seen... With, like, Skype or anything. Yeah, we've seen sexting. Because yeah. not the girl you marry had sexting. Yeah. A little bit. It was terrible sexting. Sexting fun. I mean, you're into it. I don't have anybody to do it with. I don't either. I'm fucking so single. When I so do, bad. though. When you do, yeah. I'm really good at it. I feel like I'd be too embarrassed to be good at it. Why? Which is, I don't know. It's fun. It's a good time. I do know phone sex and, like, FaceTime sex are never going to be a thing I do. Ever. I'm A, too old for that. And be too awkward for it. It's just never going to happen. I just, I understand sending photos. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, maybe videos. That really depends on your comfort level and your relationship and your trust of the other person to not do something stupid with that video. You can do photos well because you're really good with angles. Right. Because, okay, you have to admit, as a woman, if you're ever taking a photo, you're going to send it to your friend first to say, is this a good one or should I send this one instead? Sometimes. Yeah. We've done Once it. Once you figure out your angle, though, you're good to go. You're good. But I've also, like, if you ever have any doubt on how hard it is, try to take a picture of your own butt. Like, is the worst. No. I don't want to. My ass is larger than my tits, and trying to take a single photo of just my tits is impossible. Not get the angles right. They're too large to get the angles right. The only no, angle that works is down, shooting up. No, you gotta do, like, side. Laying down, side. Cat, cat. <laughs> it's not going to happen just with these two. Me. Just trust me. I've attempted that, and I've gotten a single nipple in the photo. That was it. Hey, that's not the nipple's fault. That's your fault. <laughs> am, I, so. am I naming this episode, That's Not the Nipple's Fault? Oh, God. Maybe? Maybe? I don't know. Probably not. Um. Anyways, we don't need, <laughs> we don't need to give more information about our personal lives. Or past <laughs> personal lives. Uh, oh, but, God. Um, so, one of the things, the final thing, in the final point in the book is that there's a proposal. And in general, you and I talk about HEAs all the time, and we're mm-hmm. like, that was a good one, that was a bad one, we wanted one mm-hmm. that we didn't get. And so, what happens is he's traveling for basketball for the championships, right? Uh-huh. And he then has his house prepped with, like, rose petals and shit, so that he can propose to her when they get back to his place. Mm-hmm. And um, he only wanted to propose... If he won, and then he's like, I knew I was going to win, or something like that. Some he says something thing. weird. Yeah. And she talks about how he got a championship ring, and she's wondering how she can get one as well. First of all, those things are fucking cool. They're I heavy as shit. I didn't know, but apparently those guys pay for their rings. Yeah. Anywhere between 30 and 40 grand for championship rings for... Guess who's just not getting one? Sports. I don't want one if I have to I pay mean, for it. if you it. get a million dollars contract, then I mean, I guess it's fine. Oh, but isn't that crazy? She doesn't want to pay for it. Yeah. They're so. huge. But she makes a comment about how she wants one, too. And he was like, will this do? Rose petals everywhere. And then proposes. Okay. I don't like the cliche proposal at the it end. It was uh, very The Bachelor, which I yeah. haven't watched in years. But I think the rose petals spread all around um, is not for me. It stinks. It smells like roses everywhere. Ugh. I don't think that's even the problem. And then you gotta I think clean it's just, it. It's just very cliche. I, don't know, I bet there's like a million candles lit. Ugh. It's a fire hazard. You know, so it's just. 
I love proposals. Mm-hmm. And that's not on my, like, top ten list, really, mm-hmm. because there are so many other creative ways that you could do a proposal. And yeah. he was like, well, I didn't want to do it in front of all the fans on the big screen, which is also not a way I want to be proposed to. So I get that. No, but there's something about the way it was done. Like, I felt like they weren't fully in the house when he proposed. Like, they were standing in the foyer. Like, she opened it, and there's rose petals, and then she's like, oh, my God, and turns around, and he's like, by the way, here you go. Me. Fuck that. I don't know. I just, I feel like if you're going to go super cliche, you need to do something like a puppy. No, because that's what they did in Not the Girl You Marry. But I like the puppy. I mean, the puppy was the only good thing in that book. Yeah, that was weird. That was a weird ending to that book, <laughs> That was though. a really weird ending Where they both picked the same dog or some shit. Whatever. Whatever. Gives a shit. But my point is, there's so many ways to propose to people, and he could have, like, figured something out to do on the air, because they were doing mm-hmm. that radio segment. Yeah. He could have done something in the the Team Cookbook that we never got to hear about. They just talked about constantly how Caitlin had to have a recipe for the cookbook. We never saw it. Yeah, we have no idea what she made. German he, chocolate cake? Oh, or red <laughs> velvet cake or sugar cookies, because those are all favorites. He Whatever. could have done a really awful pirate-themed party for her. Because that was apparently a thing that she thought was hilarious. Because was pirate, jokes. pirate jokes were a thing. If he had done a pirate-themed party for this, mm-hmm. perfect. I wouldn't have been so upset. Right, because you took something quirky and weird that you weren't expecting. Yeah. And you turned something that she really enjoyed into an opportunity to tell her that you want that in your life. Maybe it's a good thing that I don't design book covers because I just realized that he would be holding a basketball and she would have, like, an eye patch. No. Okay, you're too literal here. <laughs> too literal. But I'm, there are just so many ways you can go with proposals that it's it's frustrating to feel like it's a cop-out. Like, not that this book was stellar until that point. Mm-mm. Um, I would be way more upset if that was the case. But just the idea of could have, should have, did not do. Coulda, shoulda, woulda. And, and it's unfortunate because I think that this book and the idea in it Mm-hmm. Had potential. Yeah. Um, I did not enjoy the combination of real and fake sporting things. I think that if you're going to go one way, go one way. If you're going to go the other, go the other. Because clearly, if I were to Google Brady Hudson, he wouldn't pop up as someone on any sports team that I know. If you're going to if you're gonna fake it, go 100% yeah. in the fake. Because um, didn't we see that in um, Fixer Up? Because Travis Ford was a baseball player. and. Yeah. That wasn't a real team. I think we saw that in the Bromance Book Club, too, where they were on a team and it wasn't a real team. And that's fine. But none of the other teams were real either. It's just something that it's a choice you make. And I think for a lot of things, you could, it, you could easily make up a location mm-hmm. for, like, it could be a real city, obviously. Yeah. But, like, you could name their arena, you could name their team, you could give them different colors, whatever, blah, blah. Or you could make up, like, the greatest point guard no one's ever heard of and stick them on a real team, and it wouldn't matter. It wouldn't matter. You know? So it's just, there were some some flaws in the execution of this book, Mm -hmm. even though the idea, as it's presented in the blurb, is is acceptable. Yeah. And could have worked. So with that being said, out of one to five stars, what do you give it? Oh, I'm giving it a one. <gasps> I think wow. it gets a, a point for having a pretty good, like, infrastructure. Like an idea. And then all the stuff that went into it was not fantastic. Okay. Yeah. I gave it... I keep changing my rating. Um, I initially gave it a 2.5. Okay. Because it was, like, middle of the road. It didn't really do anything for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but thinking on it and realizing that I just genuinely didn't enjoy myself, like I had to force myself to sit down and read it. It took me a week to read, what, 208 pages? It's such a short book. It's so short, but at the same time, I was like, well, whatever. Um, so I gave it a two because I felt like it had the bones of a good book. Mm -hmm. We just didn't get any of the meat. Like, it could have done something, and it didn't do what I wanted it to do. I think, also, if you're going to write a revenge plot, take it all the way through. That's It's okay that they ended up getting along and wanting to build a relationship, 
But if you're gonna start out with a fire that's super big like that, yeah. it needs to go somewhere. That fire fizzled. And it needs to... Like, not even that I wanted her to destroy Mac. That's mm-hmm. not even the point. No. But, like, she started out so heated. Mm-hmm. We never found out what happened with her brother. Her mom just kind of patted her on the head and was like, you done good. And, like, sent her on her way. Whatever. And that's kind of it. And it was... You didn't see the reunion that you wanted to see. And you didn't see her, like, really address her craziness. And there was weird plot points that were thrown in that didn't need to be there, like him taking her to buy a car randomly. There was just... We didn't even talk about that, and that was weird. It was weird. But, like, that happens in real life. It just didn't... It didn't feel like it was something that could actually happen. Like I said, the most relatable thing is a secret family member. Yeah. And that, and that I was about see it. That. So, um, with that being said, that is Slam Dunked by Love by Jamie Wesley. If you're into revenge plots that don't go all the way through and cliche proposals, go for it. And covers that match nothing, go for it. Um, but our next sports romance is going to be a different sport because finding Ooh. basketball romances is hard. Which is sad because we're so excited to have a... A gay romance. A gay romance in basketball, but you can't find it anywhere, not even on Kindle, which was annoying, but beside the point. So the next book that we're going to be reading is Intercepted by Alexa Martin. I see this everywhere. Um, It's blurbed by our favorite person ever, Jasmine Guillory. She's on, like, everything, and we (laughs) talk constantly about how much we don't enjoy that. I think it's because she's a Berkeley author, and this is published by Berkeley. They all rotate. They all trade books. They're like Jasmine Guillory on blurb. every book. Blurb her for everything. She's a bestseller. It'll look good if she read your book. It literally says US, USA Today bestselling author like, on is. the front. Of course it is. She calls it a great, hilarious, and thoughtful romantic comedy. How many times have we agreed with Jasmine Guillory's thought process, though? Never. That makes you really worried. Oh, I should have never brought that up. Uh, so hopefully we like this one because we didn't like Slam Dunk by Love. But uh, join us next time as we discuss Intercepted by Alexa Martin. And uh, happy reading. Don't forget yeah. Bad Bitches Read Romance. Yeah. Bye.